We're going to go ahead and, and get get a roll, and I know we'll have some latecomers, but Brother Chris is out there helping me with the uh, parking situation. And uh, <coughs> again, if you didn't get some of the, there's some notes that are helpful. Uh, by the way, the, these notes here from um, uh, Ogene Gibson from Fairhaven Chapel out in California, very, very helpful. And the spiritual gifts test is something that Mike uh, Atwood sent me, and I think it's very helpful. You, you don't have to do it, but it, it may be of help to identify. But again, it's not a final indicator uh, on, on such a matter. The final, of course, comes from the Lord and our involvement in His uh, uh, local church or the assembly. So what we'll do is we'll go ahead and um, open our meeting in a word of prayer and and then uh, I have a certain format I'd like to follow, and, and we'll get, get moving with that. So maybe uh, David Thompson would just open our session in prayer, and then we'll go ahead. Father, we just thank you that we have this opportunity to gather, surely gather in the name of our Lord Jesus Amen. Christ. We thank you for this type of format, uh, informal Bible study, that we can open the Word, uh, share ideas with one another, and thank you for the message you've given our brother Malcolm concerning spiritual gifts and we look forward to hearing from that. We just pray that thy word would take root in our heart and growth. We ask these things, giving you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, we'll go ahead and what what I thought we might do, just make a few opening comments and then list the, the gifts as I understand them or as we see them portrayed uh, or listed in the Scripture and then um, give a definition of the spiritual gift and then... Uh, and then uh, I was wanting to work uh, what, what you might call backwards from the lesser known gifts, but very, very necessary. So let's let's do that. Uh, first of all, there uh, we we just want to emphasize that there's a difference between natural talent and spiritual gift. As a general statement, it might be good to note that natural talents come at natural birth, right? when we're born into this world through our parents, right? But spiritual gifts come through spiritual birth, right? When we're born again, the Holy Spirit gives us these spiritual gifts as we understand it to build up, as we said, spiritual enablements to build up the body of Christ. There is a difference between the natural talent and the spiritual gift. We're not downplaying it. Music and, and the like and, and other talents are very, very worthwhile and they can be used, uh, certainly, but it is a differentiation between a, a, a spiritual gift and a natural talent. There's no useless member we talked about this morning unless the member fails to use the gift that the Lord gave him. So, let's go ahead and uh, name the gifts and I'll give a definition as, as I, uh, you know, understand it. And I think this may be helpful to our, our identification of them. Now, I'm going to be, what I thought I'd do is go ahead and list them. And then when we work backwards, I'll ask the saints for any examples as we go through each particular gift. So, first of all, in Ephesians chapter 4, the risen Lord gives us um, the uh, gifts of um, apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastors or pastors' teachers, right? So, um, 
We understand that apostles and prophets are foundational, right? The church, according to Ephesians 2.20, is built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. That was, uh, we don't need a foundation anymore. We look back, we are grateful for what the Lord did there. Apostles, authority from the Lord Jesus to settle foundational issues. Prophets, unveiling of hid truth. Uh, in the strictest sense, speaking by direct revelation before the Word of God is completed. Now again, we have modern, if we want to use that term today, it, uh, we, we would say those that not foretell, but foretell the Word of God. Uh, by the way, as we look, go through these in Ephesians 4, that the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, pastor, teacher, some have noted, and it could very well be true, that these are gifted men as opposed to the actual specific gift. And I think that that will be borne out as I, as I point out uh, something that I learned at looking at pastor. But let's say that the evangelist, the training and perfecting witnesses to articulate the gospel. We are grateful for those evangelists that have not only the, the, uh, the gift to convey the gospel, but to teach others. We've had some come through our own meeting here that were, I believe, were, were, were gifted evangelists, men that were gifted by the Son of God Himself that trained, that can train others to share the message of the gospel. So that's the evangelist. And then the pastor... Uh, I just want to point out something that I learned uh, as I looked into that from Ephesians 4. Again, some have pointed out that these are not the gift only, but the gifted men. And it could very well be because pastor, according to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 11, some pastors and teachers. This is one of the gifts that the risen Lord has given, right? He gave uh, gifts to men and then he names them. And the uh, one is the apostle, prophet, and evangelist, and pastor. Now listen to pastor. The pastor is, is, the, is the same word that's used or identified as shepherd, like John 10, right? I am the good shepherd. That's the same exact word, shepherd. But it is not used, as far as I can see, it's not used in the context of elder. Now, certainly elders do uh, a pastor or shepherd people. So it could be. Now, it could be. I, I'm, I'm uh, not uh, uh, dogmatic, but it seems that it could be the pastor is a gift, which evidently, it, it, quite evidently it is here, and the elder is an office or a work that... Uh, that the Lord enables men to do. So the pastor could very well be a gift, a man that has the gift of shepherding. It's always used in that light of being a shepherd. We are returned unto the shepherd and bishop of our soul. So that's the pastor. And then the teacher would explain the word or teach the word to others. Then let's look at exhortation. That's mentioned in a couple of the passages. Remember, we talked about 12, 12, 4, 4. Uh, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4. So that's exhortation is mentioned in two of those passages. Encourage biblical change in others. Encourage biblical change in others. Faith is another gift that's mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now again, I know we're going through these quickly, but we're going to go backwards through them and then we'll give the definition again and then try to see if the saints can offer any examples. Faith, that is a gift, right? According to 1 Corinthians 12. But we want to distinguish that from saving faith, 
right? Or, and all of us walk by faith, not by sight. It's a differentiation between saving faith and the way we're to live. But it seems that if gift, if faith is a gift, it's above and beyond the uh, the normal, inspiring others to follow uh, the word of God, not by sight, right? It delights this faith. It seems delights in human impossibility. Discernment. That is another gift mentioned in uh, chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. To see things as they really are and convince others of the danger. See things as they really are and convince others of the danger. I know again we're going fast, but remember we're going to go back through these backwards and take them a little slower. Helps. The gift of helps. The easing of burden of others. The easing of the burden of others in His work, in, in, the, in the work of the Lord, uh, encouraging effectiveness. The easing of the burden of others in the work of the Lord, encouraging effectiveness. Governments, uh, government, ruling, administration, it seems to, in my mind, they're, they're, they're linked together. Government, maybe others have comment there. Government, ruling, administration, uh, co- coordinate related ministries to see the significance of the parts, parts to the whole. Giving a sensitivity to material need. And lastly, mercy, a Christ, the Christ-like grace of face, the Christ-like grace in face of need. And then before we start working backwards with those that are specifically mentioned as gifts, I'd just like to mention that some see, and I believe there's another, there's actually there's several others that others see as gifts, but I don't know that they're definitely uh, uh, outlined or definitely uh, labeled, uh, if you will, as gifts. Hospitality is one. Now it's in the context of Romans 12 and it's in the context of 1 Peter 4. Remember 12, 12, 4, 4. Hospitality is in the context so it could very well be that that is a gift uh, from the Lord. Celibacy. That's in first. Uh, the Lord said there be eunuchs for the sake of, of uh, that for the sake of the Lord, right? Matthew 19 and First Corinthians 7. Paul said, "Every man hath his proper gift of God," right? And that's in the light of those that stay unmarried. That could very well be a specific gift. Uh, and then some see intercessory prayer as a gift, citing James 5, where. And uh, where the elders are called together and pray the, the specific prayer of faith over one that is sick, it could be. And they use Epaphras in Colossians chapter four, where he uh, labored fervently in prayer um, for the saints that they might know the will of God. So I'm just going to slow down, start backwards, and see if there's any examples of of the ones that we uh, have already given. The gift of mercy, the Christ-like grace in face of need. Can anyone think of an example, either a spirit, a scriptural example, uh, maybe uh, an experiential example of the gift of mercy? Oh, and by the way, we would encourage. This is not a, a um, you know, this is, we encourage all the ladies to cover their heads, but it's not a formal meeting of the church. So, if the, any of the sisters have anything to offer, please bring that up. Mercy. Any thought of 
the Christ-like grace in face of need. I just want to give a couple examples that I have noted in the Scripture. When Saul of Tarsus was saved, he could not join himself to the uh, church at Jerusalem. They were all afraid of him. But watch what Barnabas did. Barnabas, now Barnabas is also an encourager because he's the son of encouragement, but he took him and he brought him to the apostles. Can you imagine this? <laughs> uh, uh, once... Uh, you know, individual against the church of God and nobody would receive him. But Barnabas in mercy went out to him and took him, right, to the apostles and declared how he had seen the Lord in the way and spoken to him. And so he was then received into the assembly. Uh, another example may be in Philippians chapter 2. Did anybody think of Epaphroditus? Let's look at Epaphroditus. Uh, or is it, let's see. Uh, yes. In, uh, in, verse, in chapter number 2, he's speaking of Epaphroditus. For the work of Christ, he was nigh unto death, not regarding his life to supply your lack of service toward me. So he was willing to uh, to uh, sacrifice himself, not regarding his own life to supply your lack of service toward me. Some of these, I think, they somewhat blend together, but uh, it seems that that could very well be an example of mercy. In Romans 12, the apostle writes that he that shows mercy do it with cheerfulness, right? So, uh, blessed are the merciful, right? That's, again, one of the things that we, I think is very uh, is key when it comes to gifts is we're all to be general practitioners, right? We're all to show mercy. We're all to be general practitioners, but we are, if we have the gift of mercy, to specialize, right? We're to be specialists. Uh, to, <laughs> really, you know, just like it, 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 it hit me after it came out this morning that we're, we're all, you know, in the medical world, you go see a general practitioner, but he can't help you if you, if you have a, a skin problem. He may say, go see the dermatologist or a heart problem, a cardiologist or a, a arthritis or a rheumatologist. You know, he'll say, go see the specialist. But as Christians, right, as believers, we're all general practitioners because they, they, all of these gifts, it seems, it says it on the one on the front of the papers there, that, you know, we have some area that we can minister in and all. But we specialize because the Spirit of God and Son of God and Father has given us those gifts, right? We specialize in, in one because that is the gift, right? Um, we looked at what was it in, um, uh, uh, was it Peter? To everyone, each one has a special gift from the Lord. I think that's another translation, but a special gift from the Lord. Everybody hear that? The, the, a biblical illustration. Yeah. The Good Samaritan. It's just as clear as ever, and I think it's straight from heaven as to what he expects of 
not to turn our backs. And then that, that's our general tendency is to <coughs> look at our own selves and say, oh, poor you, but keep moving. Right, so the example given there was the good Samaritan who, uh, just like Epaphroditus, did not regard himself but crossed the road to see and help that uh, Samaritan. And even those who brought the, the cool water to David in the Old Testament, you know, they, they sacrificed a lot. And putting their, their own selves aside, their own safety aside, and I think that's another illustration of the Old Testament. That, that was a question that I had. How, how were spiritual gifts? I mean, before Christ, before Pentecost, what was the operation? You know, uh, and are our spiritual gifts, uh, like the Old Testament, I mean, would almost be more of a natural gift, natural gift of mercy to some extent. Right, it is, it is. I think that would just be an example, right? We're just talking about an example. But that is true. That's very true, right? The gifts were given uh, after Pentecost. Very good. It would seem, right? The Spirit of God. Uh, and, and even the Son of God, right? He, he's ascended on high and gave gifts to men. So, uh, The mind of God continues steadfast. It doesn't change. So right. what God desires of us, whether spiritually endowed or not, this wasn't a spiritually endowed in the part, but that's what He desires of us. There's one one other thought on that as well is that the Old Testament they had a code. There was a there was a you will do this, you will do that. For instance, uh, Deuteronomy 23:15, I think it talks about uh, a slave who has run away from his master, an idolatrous master, and he's come to you for 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 help to be merciful to him. You are actually commanded not to send him back to the idolatrous master to keep him uh, because he is seeking out the true and living God. The, so an act of mercy, right? Philemon as well. The other. The that's other good. Good. Yeah, that's is, right. Is one where you know there. But this uh, this mercy is of uh, a voluntary nature, right? Uh, this this expression of mercy, gift of mercy, is one that's done freely. We're not commanded to be merciful, uh, in a sense, right? Uh, and well, again, generally, I guess we're all to, to be merciful, but there must there evidently. According to the scripture, there's a gift of mercy that uh, those certain individuals have that are to exercise it. Let's move on to giving a sensitivity to material need. Now, I, I just wanted to... Oh, well, I'm anxious to point out some examples, but I'm sure the saints have some examples. Giving. A sensitivity to material need. The Jerusalem church, right? They gave to... Who did they give to? Took a collection. Took a collection, right. Took a coll but that was from Antioch to, to Jerusalem, right? So there was a good example. The, the example given was the... Uh, and, and, you know, I don't know that it you know was the whole church, but somebody... It seems to me that's the way things work anywhere. Somebody has an exercise to give or to show mercy and they do it, right? So somebody evidently have an exercise to give to the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. I think it says in Romans 15 or 16 and Paul sent it by the hands of the elders. So there is a uh, good example. Uh, 
How about Dorcas? You remember Dorcas in 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 uh, in uh, Acts chapter nine, right? Remember when she. Uh, Passed away. The, the, the widows, you know, she, they showed the coats and garments that Dorcas had made for them. Here was one that was in the uh, the uh, assembly there that was very giving, right? Coats and garments, necessary things for life, right? You know, again, there could be a natural talent, but this is a this is a, a a spiritual gift, right? That she constantly, constantly, she was characterized by giving to those that were in need, and they were they were really upset, right? When when Dorcas died, and uh, Peter went and raised her. I want to point out, though, that when it comes to giving, uh, the, the general command is to give ourselves unto the Lord first, 2 Corinthians 8, and then not only give ourselves to the Lord first, but uh, in, in the example of the Lord Jesus, He uh, gave Himself, He gave for others, right? Uh, 2 Corinthians 8, 9, We know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for our sake He became poor, that we through his poverty might be rich. So it's giving for others, and there Dorcas would be a great example. And Paul, in Philippians chapter 4, he mentioned that, uh, Philippians 4.15, he mentioned, you Philippians know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you only. So there was a giving church, right, that they watched out for the apostle. Any other examples we can think of? Ah, now, there, there, there again, that's an example before Pentecost, but that's a great example, right? Mary, oh, that's a tremendous, we'd have to write that one down, right? Mary, when she broke the alabaster box, right, of ointment, and poured it on the feet of the Lord Jesus. Wow, what a great example for giving. Mary, excellent, excellent. Okay, uh, government's ruling administration to uh, coordinate related ministries uh, and to see the, ex- the significance of the parts to the whole. Now, that's a mouthful. <clears throat> that sounds like it came from Brother Jabe Nicholson. Um, let me just give... but I, He didn't give me the example, though. Let me give you an example. Um, In, in Titus chapter 1, there's a, a great example where Paul writing to Titus said this. He said, I, I left you in Crete that you should set in order the things that are lacking. All right? So Titus seemed to be that uh, uh, representative, if you will, to set in order the things that are wanting or lacking. That's just one example. Uh, I can think we can think of a lot of practical examples of those that seem to have, and it's men and women. By the way, uh, if you you know this this is very helpful, uh, and it, it helps to identify for our own self. I know I, I took it myself the the test, and uh, and Joanne 
as well, and it's it's I think it's a uh, a good indicator because it just causes us to ask, you know, what what has the Lord implanted in me that I can now impart to others? We're not being I don't think we're being uh, uh, you know, self-centered when we acknowledge spiritual gift because the Lord gave it, right? But we're recognizing what the Lord has given us to impart to others, right? So uh, this this is uh, as if I think it's a very good help. But again, it's not the final indicator, but it it just helps us examine within ourselves what has the Lord given me that I could be profitable to the body of Christ for, right? We're not we're all team players, right? We're not just um, you know, uh, spectators. We're team players. Not a spectator sport. Right? right, that's a good one. That's We can write that down. That's a good one-liner. Uh, Christianity, not a spectator sport. It's become that in modern Christendom, right? It's become that in modern Christendom. Well, the Apostle Paul was definitely an administrator. Amen. You look through the epistles and how Right, he went about establishing the churches and so forth. So, the Apostle Paul, a great example of one with administration. By the way, it, might, it just it might be good to point out that uh, the the test and facts will reveal that some may have more than one gift, right? But we know of one who possesses all the gifts, right? The Lord Jesus. He possesses them all, and we are grateful for that, and we want to aid the body of Christ with the gift that he has given. Okay, helps. Uh, we're working backwards here, if you will. Uh, helps the easing of, bird, of the burden of others in the work of the Lord, encouraging effectiveness. The gift of ministry or the gift of helps? Any think of an example? Or examples. What was that? Timothy. Timothy. Excellent. Timothy helping Paul. The easing of the burden of others in the work of the Lord, encouraging effectiveness. Because I've been in Philemon, everything I think is about examples of this particular thing. But uh, actually, in Colossians chapter four, it talks about Tychicus, right? Who it just uh, he says, "All my state shall Tychicus declare unto you, who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and a fellow servant in the Lord, whom I sent unto you for the same purpose." You know, there was somebody who was willing, yielded, and rather, you know. Not, he's not famous, but he, he's sort of in the background, but but helping continuously uh, to the furtherance of the gospel, to the building up of the church, and ministering, it says, in this, in this capacity, a fellow servant. Fellow servant, good. Uh, Colossians chapter 4, verse 7. Epaphras and St. Right, Epaphras, yes. It might be worthwhile noting that uh, Paul, in his letters, seems to go out of his way to actually recognize people who have been of help to him. That's right. Uh, 
not only that, but he also goes out of his way to mention people who have opposed the gospel and who might be perceived as a false brother, a false brother. But I think it's important to note in his letters that he's always bringing up names of people who have helped him, have furthered the gospel. You know, my, my uh, faithful uh, uh, Lucas, and uh, even you know, at times he's mentioning Demas as being faithful, and then unfortunately he mentions that another time it's not quite so noteworthy. But uh, he brings people out, and and I think that's a gift in itself too, is to be it able sure to is. notice what somebody else is doing rather anonymously. You know, not doing for show. Uh, you might be able to see that person and offer some encouragement, some praise in the things that they're doing. And Paul seems to be a master at that in the letters that he writes. He brings these yeah, and I think, you know, it just came to my mind when uh, the, on the shipwreck in Acts 27, it says Paul, they, not Paul, but those on the ship they used helps undergirding the ship, <laughs> right? And so uh, it just seems like you, you could just use our own little assembly as an example. There are so many that exercise the gift of helps that undergird this local testimony it's just it's just so encouraging to know when somebody you know when the announcements are made to pray for somebody we, you know we just don't let it fly by some some saints they send a card sometimes the saints say they, they they make a phone call right they're, they're they're easing the burden of others right in that and they're uh Bearing one another's burdens. That's the gift of helps, right? We want to exercise that within the body of Christ. We can't do without it. Yes, we need the teachers. Yes, we need all the upfront people. That's good. But if we don't have the helps and the, the mercy and, and the giving and all these things, right? We, we talked about we could paralyze or handicap the body. That's right. That's right. Simple little phone calls. So many sisters here follow up. Sometimes uh, the the elders fall uh, fall aside. You know, they 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 the, somebody falls through the cracks. We're such and such. Well, we have to go to some of the sisters. They've been keeping in touch. And she, she's here. She's here. She's there. That's great. That's the right. The gift of helps that are that are following up and 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 uh, easing the burdens of other uh, others and a um, encouraging effectiveness in the work of the Lord. There are many other examples that we could give, uh, but maybe for time constraint, we'll go on. Discernment. Yeah. Oh, you got another one? No, uh, Nadine was saying the women they ministered to the Lord Jesus. Amen. There's a great example, right? The women that ministered to the Lord Jesus. And he took note of that, did he not, right? Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Whoever prepared the upper room, we don't have a name, right? <laughs> Whoever prepared the op uh, upper room, right, is the one that, the example that Aaron gave, right? We have those that prepare the Lord's Supper elements every Sunday. Most people don't even know who does it, right? They're just magically there. <laughs> I've caught those elves. He's caught those elves. faithfulness in that, and you just won't believe that when when that is gone, when that is gone away, then it becomes a real. We don't have to worry about that ever. Little things. Little things. That's right. Amen. Okay, discernment. Uh, to see things as they really are, and convince others of the danger. Can anybody think of an example examples of discernment?
one example recently. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. One example recently in our own meeting, we had uh, somebody come in that tried to introduce some heretical teaching in regards to. Uh, so there were many people that, you know, really, really were, were gracious to him, but still, nonetheless, uh, made it very clear that he was he was in error and his teaching was in error. And I, I, I think that was uh, an expression of that particular gift. Everybody hear that? Um, we had an individual uh, recently that stood out there with the. Uh, the signs and so forth, but he—I don't know if everybody knows—but he came in weeks before, um, and uh, on a Wednesday night we met him for the first time, and he made a couple comments even in the Bible study. But and you know, for all intent and purposes, you may have thought he was a truly born again believer. But as, as Tim spent a lot of time with him and could and discerned that he was way off base. And several things of the and the fundamentals he denied. Tim was able to find out. So that's. Uh, Good example of discernment. But it was everybody in the meeting, really, right. that, that talked to him was able to, you know, point him in the right direction. And graciously, I might add, no one got upset or angry with him. Uh, lovingly expressed concern. I think a classic example for discernment would be Peter, when he was able to discern uh, Ananias and Sapphira um, to see that, obviously, it doesn't expressly say this, but um, he does say that he lied to the Holy Spirit, but he was uh, that ability to see that and to detect that came from on high. It wasn't something that he possessed naturally. And also, Old Testament, since we're throwing these out too, is Solomon. He was able to discern that, you know, just that one case that we know. But that was something immediately given to him after he asked for wisdom. Um, and then, all, and then one more uh, is Timothy. This is maybe administration and discernment, but. Paul gave him uh, instruction, and he was to take that instruction and says, commit this to faithful men. So he was going to discern the faithful men in the assembly that he was staying at and to commit to teaching to so they can instruct other people. Good. For sake of the recording, that was Ananias and Sapphira. Peter discerned. Is that what the point was? Peter discerned the error, the lie of the Holy Ghost, uh, to, to the Holy Ghost. And then the Old Testament example of Solomon, Right? Who? What was the the, the specific there? The case of the two two, uh, mothers. two mothers. Two mothers, right? He he discerned the uh, the situation there and exercised wisdom, and then uh, Tim, Timothy. Second Timothy two two. Second Timothy two two, right? Commit to faithful men. Is that the? Yeah. Okay. Any other examples of uh, discernment? Right. Right. The pastoral epistles. A specific example may be, uh, as we've already given several, but another one may be Acts 16. When remember, oh, this is a great example too. When I think of it, uh, th there was a young lady that followed the apostle, and and uh, crying out, "These men are servants of the Most High God, and show unto us the way of salvation." 
She ha- she was saying the right words, right? But Paul turned and 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 you know re- recognized that she was uh, uh, had an, an evil spirit and 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 cast her out, right? So it, you know there are people that knock on our doors. There are people that are our co-workers. There are people that are our neighbors that they come across as if they are believers. But it may take a special gift of discernment to recognize these are not genuine believers. Brother, I can't think of the specific address, but there is a, uh, a uh, an exhortation to test the spirits, uh, which means that we're to exercise uh, discernment and, and a process of through through questioning, uh, through observation, that we're to test uh, the spirits and then to make a judgment, a discernment about what is uh, you know what's going on. Right, that's 1 John 4, right? Try the spirits, test the spirits, whether they are of God. Next is faith. It, it is mentioned as a gift. Can anybody think of any examples? Uh, above and beyond the norm, encouraging others to follow the path of faith and delights in human impossibility. Now we're going to get a practical example, experiential example in George Mueller. Right, don't try this at home unless you have the, the gift of faith. Right? Um What's that? With Sunday school and things like that. Oh, yeah. Okay, George Mueller. That's the. That. uh, By the way, there's several good uh, uh, biographies, autobiographies out there of the man. But what he did was he uh, started these orphanages. This is back, I think, in the 1800s, right? Yeah, 1800s. And he did not make any appeal uh, for funds to anyone. Just look to the Lord alone. No advertisements and the like. And uh, built, I don't know, several editions, right? Uh, most, some of us are familiar with George Mueller. A tremendous example to inspire our faith to, to follow that path. He just looked to the Lord alone. And really, that's the example that we're given, I believe, in the New Testament, not to make appeal to, to, to others. We, one of the common things in, in, in Christendom is to, in, in the mail, we get appeals for funds, right? Send us money, send us money, send us money. And some, some well-meaning uh, missionaries come, send us money, send us money, send us money. Well, George Mueller was the exact opposite of that. No appeal whatsoever. Just look to the Lord and often the very day that it was needed, it was there, the food. And, and this wasn't just for his own self, right? This He ran these orphanages that required multiple amounts of food and material. There was a one notable incident where they were at the table with no food and they were praying to the Lord in confidence that He would provide, praying to the Lord. And there was the knock at the door. Uh, the bakery apparently had some... Uh, bread that uh, wasn't they weren't able to sell the day before and had brought this uh, food enough for the children there to, to eat that day. One noted uh, example of uh, faith uh, that he had in the Lord and how the Lord responded to that faith. And I think probably most of us have had similar circumstances, perhaps not as notable, but 
where, where we've just asked the Lord to meet that need and the Lord has come through with no appeal to others. When Paul was on the ship in Acts 27, you know, the Lord appeared to him and uh, uh, told him that, that all that was on the ship would be saved and so forth. And he said, I, he stood up in the midst of them. Here's perhaps a good example. I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. This is what's going to happen. We're going to be cast upon a certain island and so forth. And it did happen. So the Lord revealed this to him and he announced it to others for he believed God. Okay. John on the island of Patmos. That's right. Exhortation or encouragement. Uh, encourage biblical change in others. Anyone think of... Uh... Oh, I had a little note here that uh, maybe to distinguish between a teacher and an encourager. The teacher says what to do and the encourager or the exhorter says how to do it. We want to encourage biblical change in others. Anybody think of any particular examples? Aquila and Priscilla with Apollos, right? Encourage or ex- encourage biblical change in others. He had part of a message, right? But they showed unto him the, the way of God more perfectly. Right. Um, but others as well, and you say this man was gifted uh, in an unusual way. That's right. This man had an unusual ministry too, and an unusual assignment from God. So he needed that kind of uh, endowment and, and, and spiritual ability to carry about what he was doing. Right. And then there's teachers. Uh, we're getting close to the uh, beginning of the list from Ephesians 4. Teachers explain the Word of God, teach others to teach. It's not just merely teaching, but teaching others to teach, some have pointed out, and that could very well be. I believe, <clears throat> it just seems to me in my simple mind, that when we have able teachers come our way, and we have a lot of them, those that do teach the Word can learn, perhaps, how better to teach the saints. Amen. Pastors, uh, again, we pointed out that's shepherding, same word for shepherding, and it could very well be that the Lord has given those as, as a specific men, specific, the, the actual men as opposed to a, a, a gift given to, to a man. The, uh, he's given these men over the period of the church to shepherd uh, the people of God. And then lastly, as evangelists, the training and perfecting witnesses to articulate the gospel. Philip was called an evangelist. Okay, it's almost 7 o'clock. Is there any... Um, 
other other questions, comments? Did anybody pick up on anything that? Uh, would, would you not say though, especially with the evangelists, would you not say that there's, there's another aspect of that? Yes, they they can bring about a more clear understanding of the gospel, but it it seems like there might be another aspect in that God saves people when they bring the gospel. Now I. You know, the classic example of that is Billy Graham. I, I don't, if you listen to his messages and pick those things apart, there is nothing special about that gospel. And yet, there are multitudes that are saved. That's part of that gift, I think. I think that they can't, it's not just that he articulates it in such a fashion that it grips the hearts of people. I think it's the Spirit of God that grips it. You know, it doesn't matter how clever we are with the Word. If the Spirit of God is not moving, then there's, it, it, it may have sounded great to believers around us, but it didn't do anything. So that seems to be a part of that evangelist uh, as well, that, that, that there's, there's actions as far as souls are concerned. Very good. There are others, however, who have were called to evangelism who have gone to very difficult areas and have preached and taught the Word of God for years and not seen one convert, and yet we wouldn't look at them and say, you're no evangelist, mister. Uh, but what we would say is that God has sent you on a very difficult assignment. You have faithfully preached and taught the gospel, not seen any converts, and yet you did not fail to fulfill the course that God had given you. So... I, I, I'm not disagreeing with what our brother said. I'm saying that sometimes we cannot only look at results and say, aha, because the results are there, that, mean he has, that means he has this gift. Or that if the results aren't there, he doesn't have it. Um, I, I think to have the desire uh, to, do, um, to do that work uh, is, is key. What person would want to go into a hostile area and share the gospel of Jesus Christ knowing that he may be doing it at the peril of his very life, if it not be a burden from the Lord or a calling of the Lord? I just would think that we not quite so result-oriented, but look at the call and the burden on the heart. Right, the burden on the heart. And it's so encouraging to talk to so many saints that have, you know, through the use of tracts, through the use of the burden placed upon their heart to reach... Their, their fellow student to reach their neighbor to reach the, but to share the, the gospel Paul said to him they do the work of an evangelist so right there's some that may not necessarily be evangelists but they're to do we are to do the work of an evangelist right the Samaritan the woman at the well Right, the woman at the well. Come see a man that told me everything I did. Isn't this the Christ? Right. So she went back to her hometown, right, and she told others. What's that? What she did know, she shared. Right. That's right. Isn't it interesting though to follow up with that? Is that once the men were there and they had actually met the Lord, we believe him not only because of what he said, but we've heard him ourselves. We know that he is a savior, not of the Jews only, but of the whole world. 
Right, so the Samaritan woman was, you know, whether she was in a, well, let's, let's see, that was before Pentecost, right? So, <laughs> it was evangelistic. She was evangelistic, right? She was evangelistic and she told others, she told what she knew, right? Like the blind man, one thing I know, <laughs> right? Uh, she knew and she conveyed that. Yeah, maybe just to wrap it up here, we just want to encourage all of us to, uh, I was just thinking of Paul said to, uh, in one letter, you know, take, uh, s- send Mark for he is profitable to me for the ministry. We all want to be in some measure profitable to the ministry of the, of the Lord, right? What the Lord is doing, we want to be working in the lives of others. We want to take serious what God has given us. He's given us a spiritual gift. Maybe, maybe we can't Pinpoint it, but we're just we're maybe we're just general practitioners. I don't know. I you know I can't. I none of us can legislate for another what their gift is, but we can point you to the scripture. But we do want to be used of the Lord because we're going to give an account to the Lord. Right? He's invested in His people. Right? The Lord has invested in each believer to build up the body of Christ, and it's so encouraging that I could be a member of His body and encourage another, right? Every part of the body is designed to give, right? When I see we're going to have food here in a minute, right? Well, the food doesn't... I don't put my mouth down there, right? The hand takes it, puts it into my mouth, but my mouth doesn't keep it. My mouth puts it to the throat, and the throat goes down to the wherever, you know, and and, and then, uh, you know, it passes on, right? So it goes to different places. So we want to pass, you know, we want to work as a function as a body, right? And give to others, not be so self-centered, right? It's it's possible to be like a little island, you know, and and no no uh, uh, reaching out to others. Remember, we're part of a body. We're, one of the striking phrases we looked at this morning is members one of another, right? Members one of another. So we want to know each other and give to each other. Right, the little boy that had the, the the small lunch. Right, what is that among so many? And but he gave what he had to to ease the burden of others. <laughs> they they were hungry. <laughs> Three days without food. Right. Okay, with the, you know we're going to go ahead and close in prayer. Uh, but again, there's time for discussion and so forth afterwards. And there's food, so maybe um, Brother Bob Emerson, would you mind closing in prayer, giving thanks for the food, and then we'll go ahead and take take advantage. Father, we thank you for this time studying your word Amen. concerning spiritual gifts and our responsibility to not only know what our gift is, but also to exercise it. Amen. And exercise it in love. We thank you that we can go to your word and prove all things. We won't pass that which is good. We thank you now for the proof that's been provided. We ask you to bless the hands of the in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you.